Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We are two associate marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision. And we're here to debunk myths and deliver truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Hey, Talia. I'm here now. Um, I think I might actually log off early and get out of here. Are you... Are you going? Are you going to break up with me? I don't know. I'm kind of... You're going to need to lie. I'm kind of indecisive here. I don't know if I should stay or if I should go. But it wasn't even that big of a deal. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> There's my clunky <laughs> intro for you. <laughs> Episode 36, um, which we're telling you, should I stay or should I go? But this really came um, out of a question um, from one of our listeners who uh, sent a question in through Instagram. Thank you so much for the question. Um, and they write, um, if someone lied about their past out of shame, um, is it forgivable or is it a big red flag? Great question. Great question. So Talia, I don't know. What is it? Uh, There you go. Someone lied about their past at specifically out of shame. Is that forgivable or, um, big red flag? Get the hell out of that relationship. Uh, as always, it's complicated. So complicated. However... (laughs) True. If if we know that uh-huh. it was out of shame, right? Yeah. If the disclosure was uh-huh. not like tail between the legs necessarily, but uh-huh. maybe that maybe we don't know more, right? We don't know yeah. more the case or this yeah. issue, but they got caught in a lie. Yeah. They were really not proud of themselves for it. like I'm sorry, I didn't know how yeah. you would take it, right? It's I think it depends on is yeah. it forgivable or a red flag, and we can yeah. dive in deeper. How did the disclosure go? Who mm. found out? what like were they yeah. caught in a lie or did they come and admit it and it was it racking their brain and consciousness and eventually uh-huh. they disclosed or was it something they found out yeah. and are you projecting that was them feeling ashamed or did yeah. they actually come to you in a way that let them know I wasn't proud of this that's why I wasn't forthright yeah. with you yeah. so that's kind of where I come from and I've shared this with Ryan and a lot uh-huh. of other people in my life know but this has happened to me personally yeah. and that is not something I use to cloud any sort of clinical judgment because yeah. I do think there are times where it's forgivable right having yeah. a conversation about it regardless of if you choose to mm-hmm. stay or go is really the best gift you can give to both mm-hmm. yourself and mm-hmm. the partner because then you're if you do decide to go you're not leaving with as many questions as if it were just this giant cleave that comes in and is like, you lied, I'm out, right? Tell me a little bit more about why you did. Let me be inquisitive. Let me have that. And then let me make an informed decision based on that information if I want to stay or if I want to leave. So I would say it's not always a red flag. It definitely depends on what they lied about. Uh That, That can definitely become a factor of if it's a red flag or not, right? And the nature of the disclosure also. So I think we have a good framework to work off. Yeah. Of. What about you? Do you think it's automatic grounds for dismissal? Um, <laughs> Do you I would, spell your partner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would, I would say again, yes, it's complicated. So not too sure. Every case is different. Generally though, I would say I'm more leaning on the no, it's not grounds for dismissal. That's different though than the question of, is it a red flag? True. Because um, what I think I'm, we're going to, I'm going to want to get to at some point in this episode is like, it might be a red flag. However, a red flag doesn't necessarily mean like I was joking at the beginning, like I'm out, we're done. It Correct. could be, here's an issue that we need to pay attention to. And yeah. part of what I'm going to be interested in as we get into discussion is how to address that issue. Yeah. If the partner, when this comes out, 
then looking at how how this is how the how the couple responds together to this um, this lie and the shame. Mm-hmm. So I'll get to that. Um, I, I, what we're the first thing that you're acknowledging in this in the issue with this question is where that this is a place where it's coming from shame, and so to disclose that we're, we're specifically talking about where we figure out a situation where a lie was there. Mm-hmm. Someone either didn't disclose something or lied about something, whatever. Or it and was we, playing on their conscience and they came out clean. Yeah, came out clean. Or um, it, it was exposed. It mm-hmm. made, you know, it could have been like, hey, it was so shameful. The only way it came out was because someone else found out about it. Right. Um, but no matter what, there is absolutely an underlying of what was motivating the lie mm-hmm. was shame. Mm-hmm. This is very different than someone who wants to control, manipulate, has no remorse, Correct. is lying just for their own selfish needs. Yes. Um, and, and so we're not talking about that. I just want to clarify that even more. And I think, yeah, yeah. so I just wanted to put a nice highlight on the context because that really matters. The nuance of that is so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And within that nuance, maybe some listeners are thinking like, well, what about the other, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole other episode that we can cover when it is more of a um, nefarious lie or manipulation. This, from what our listener uh, wrote in with, it does sound like it's more of a uh, one of two options, right? Yeah. Like I found, let's say I'm the listener. It wasn't, yeah. but let's say it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you're the one who found out about the lie and we not confront in a mean way, but we bring it to our partner's attention. Like, Hey, yeah. I noticed this discrepancy kind of yeah. approach, right. Is one yeah. way, or our partner comes to disclose to us what was going Eventually, on. So yeah. first path, if we go down it for a little bit, if, uh-huh. if I found that out, right. Yeah. Some ways we can handle that to decide if it's forgivable. It's it usually, and this is coming from a therapist. It's always a red flag in terms of mm, what's the deeper work that needs to be done here. But that yeah. doesn't mean it can't be done, right? Yes. So it's point, not always yeah. like, yeah, it's not like, yeah. oh, I have to hit this and run, right? It's kind of like, okay, what's going on? Why is this? Why is this not adding up, right? Yes. You told me this thing, and it's using non-accusatory language, ideally, when you're trying to make this repair attempt or discovery with your partner, like walk me through what was going on for you. What is really the truth? Can you walk me through this timeline? Right? Like a lot of just detective questions almost rather than accusatory questions to see what's going on with your partner. Right. And if they do disclose at this point, right, that path, first path we're going down, I was so ashamed to tell you, I didn't know how to tell you if you're getting those genuine responses from your partner, it's up to you to choose if it's forgivable or not. And the only thing that we can really hope for is with time, seeing that behavior not come up again, Uh right? Regardless of if they disclose or if you find out, is it a one-time thing? You actually won't know until you give them more time to prove or not prove to you that it is a one-time thing. And it sounds like it was about their partner's past. Yeah. Um, So depending on what it is, right? Does it, is it something like they had a kid and didn't tell you they had an STD and didn't tell you they had other things and didn't tell you, right? It depends yeah. obviously on what they were lying yes. about. Yeah, lie does it affect yeah. your health, your mental health, your this, or is it more of like your partner? I can't, I mean, 
I think we're a little bit skewed in our therapeutic brain to think of something that's so egregious that like, know, right? it's so unforgettable. We see it all, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've personally helped couples, I mean, professionally, like as a therapist, yeah. helped a lot of couples through some issues that most people be like, I'd be out, done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every couple has a choice. So yeah. depends on the nature well, of the disclosure and what the lie was about. Yes. And I think when you're talking about that and looking at the the context that it depends on, I think there's some lenses or mm, uh, some specifics to look at. One is in this first scenario where the partner who was lied to, you know, gently confronts the partner who was lying out of shame about their past. Then we have to honor no matter what, there's a trust breach. Correct. That's what's going on. That's what, that's kind of inherent in the question too. It's like, Hey, is this forgivable or a big red flag? Well, the question is like, Hey, this trust was, was, there was a breach in this trust. Can I forgive that? So we want to just acknowledge in that space Mm -hmm. that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. The fact that the lie was born out of shame means there's a potential for forgiveness because you and I are sharing a value of compassion for someone who, a person who might be lying in the past because shame is such a powerful emotion. It's It's so so difficult to work about it. Yeah. Yeah that um, it's really hard to go there. Um, I've had experiences where it's so hard for me to disclose personal past experiences that had nothing to do with relationships per se, but just because it's a vulnerable thing about my history that Mm -hmm. I'm not choosing to even share on the podcast that it's so personal that I remember going, oh my gosh, how's this new person going to react to the fact that, you know, I'm sharing this. Right. Yeah. And that's not even a relationship shame. It's even more powerful when maybe it's a past thing with a relationship. So we just want to honor how hard that can be for someone, which is Mm -hmm. why you and I are coming from this place of there's a potential for compassion. Well, there's definitely compassion available and there's potential for forgiveness in some trust breaches. Mm -hmm. And when we look at forgiveness, I have a whole other theory on this. It doesn't mean I condone what you did. I'm going to look past it. I'm never going to feel hurt by it again. If I'm reminded of it, forgiveness doesn't mean necessarily all of those things. It can mean, okay, don't love it. As I say, but I'm willing to give you a chance and this relational interaction, a chance to see how we can navigate our way through it. And we'll have a check-in again, right? How are we feeling about it? Is it something so shameful to this person that they can't stomach it, even if they have disclosed and you're the willing partner who's working through it? There's no guarantee, right? That the person who ended up disclosing or being found out, what have you, right? The person who had the, the secret out of shame doesn't come back and be like, you know what? I can't handle this. Like, I'm so ashamed of myself. I can't be in this relationship because I don't feel worthy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's still worth the try because you'll both learn something about each other. Yeah. And to that end of the nature of the disclosure, right? If it's something completely in the person's past before you ever existed in their life uh-huh. and it doesn't impact you, like your health, your mental health, like it's not some nefarious, like foundational yeah big red flag lie of like, you're a sociopath, right? Like, it's not that we can't really blame people or shame them, right? We don't want to add to the shame for something that existed before we even knew they existed, right? It's like, exactly. It's choice before you even knew I was a human being on earth is what I say. I don't hold you accountable for that. As long as right, it doesn't bleed into our relationship. Well, and that goes to the level of hurt that the lie does. So when we're talking about this compassion, like you just said, for something that happened completely in the past, didn't even know you existed, 
then the hurt is exclusively wrapped up in the lie. Correct. Only the lie. And because we're sharing what you and I, Talia, know as professionals, the power of shame and how hard that is, then we're saying, yeah, there's room for forgiveness there and how, and no matter what could be useful to have a discussion, which we'll, I want to dive into more yeah. in a second. However, there's another level, as, you're, as you suggested, of hurt where if the lie about the past also directly affects the partner who was lied to. Like, as you said, if there was an STD lied about, very known about, and was transmitted to the partner through the lie, or an egregious something along the lines of, hey, I actually have children, and I've never told you in the one year we've been dating. Uh-huh. Or, or I'm not divorced, yeah. or I'm this, yeah. or it's not, yeah, the big yeah foundational lies. Yeah. Now, what I want to point out is with these lies is is, as listeners, as they notice what comes up for them, they're like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to forgive. I will argue there is a potential space for still forgiveness with this shame. Doesn't mean you have to stay with them though. May I add the negative? No, no, no. Yeah. You can forgive and not stay with them. Yeah. And I'm red flag. It doesn't mean you have to stay. Yeah. No matter what it's for, for both partners to wade through. What I just want listeners to focus on is the trust breach. Mm-hmm. Just honor that that happened and that's yeah. okay and can be worked through. Correct. And then also what's the level of hurt? Because if you do choose to forgive and stay together, mm-hmm. there's going to be a process of, I was, because I was the one lied to, I'm really hurt by this. Yep. And now I don't have trust. So there's just two yeah. dynamics that are at play when you're evaluating red flag or forgiveness, trust and hurt. Mm-hmm. And then how do you navigate it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the other partner's accountability level, right? Like I hear you, your hurt is valid, right? Empathy validation, our basic skills that we teach in therapy mm-hmm. and how willing is that if, if indeed the agreement is, okay, let's work through this, right? We're choosing to stay, yeah. not go. Um, you're, you're not going to be fired from the company, as I like to say, yeah. <laughs> um, then how do we work through that? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's what I've seen in a lot of couples I've helped is you have the choice. If you're the partner who has been made aware of the disclosure, shame aside sometimes, right? Like you're choosing to stay regardless of how your partner felt about it, right? Tail between the legs or they're like, yeah, I did that to you. Right. And you choose it's, how, how are you going to navigate going through that relationship moving forward? And it's your choice, right? Everybody has a choice in relationships, but it's your choice. And it's, do you sit there and bring it up constantly and never get over it and just ruminate on it and this and that? Or do you actually be like, that was a one-time thing. I hope it doesn't come up again. If it does, that will give me certain information to make a choice. And if it doesn't, then we can move through and move forward from it. And I've worked with a lot of couples for weeks after the trust rupture, just what do I do? What do I do? And then I, we have good days and then I keep thinking back to this and I have to be very blunt and loving with them. And I said, stop it. Just take a breath. Let's just slow it down for a minute. You have a choice in this. Mm -hmm. You chose to stay afterwards. You can always change your mind. It's not like you're trapped here. Mm -hmm. And if you do make that choice, you have to make other decisions and emotions and relational adjustments in alignment with your growing forward, not being stuck on what happened. And some people, no fault. I, there's some things I would get stuck on and be like, I'm out. Like mm-hmm. I'm not tolerating this. Some things are a huge red flag. And honestly, is it a red flag or not does weigh into what's your personal past and experience in relationships. If you've yeah. always been cheated on, if you've always been lied to, if you've always been this and you're noticing your picking pattern is you're picking that then yeah, it's probably a red flag, right? It's a time to do some introspection of like, why do I keep picking people who have so many red flags? 
Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the context of yourself deciding yeah. in that moment, hey, I'm aware of this issue, which is in a sense a red flag. Correct. But how how powerful is that? And then also you might want to look at like how have you dealt with that in the past? Mm-hmm. Um, have you immediately cut off every relationship when there's some um, turmoil and thus you're like, wow, I have this history of being alone? Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we want to look on that spectrum and balance more to forgiveness and what it might be like to work through it. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side of the spectrum, maybe you're someone who is always forgiving. The red flags come up. You're always forgiving. And then you find like, I've been in this pattern of relationships that are just horrible. I have this, just these relationships that aren't working. And I always give the best and I always forgive the people. And then I realize I'm yeah. always with partners who just really aren't up to snuff. Well, mm-hmm. then maybe we want to switch to the other direction and go like, I'm not going to stand for this. So mm-hmm. knowing your context is important. And don't forgive just for the sake of it. Don't forgive because you don't want to be alone because of Uh all this stuff, because it's a really big gift of self-respect to yourself and to teach other people how to treat you that if you do forgive, again, you don't have to stay. And forgiveness is something that should be genuine, or I like to do acknowledgement and release rather than forgiveness for some things because of my upbringing with the word around forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it doesn't mean that it's never going to feel emotionally that you'll never be reminded of that time that blank happened, but not, not hastily forgiving is actually the best gift you can give. If you ever want to have a chance moving forward with this partner okay. is making sure that when forgiveness happens, it's genuine. It's something you've arrived at because you feel like, yes, I think I can forgive this. And yes, there are many red flags in relationships, but sometimes you're the first person who is witnessing this partner's willingness to change their behavior that they've seen has caused some havoc in their last relationship. So yes, it's a red flag in that sense, but they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I've done this with every girlfriend or boyfriend I've been with. I got to stop. Like, I'm so ashamed that I always cheat when things get bad instead of talking to you. I always do this instead. Like, again, it's the nature of the conversation around that, I think. Well, and I think that links to something I want to go back to anyway of like what the response is from the person with shame and how they deal with it. Yes. So shame, as we said, is already a powerful emotion where someone, when it's first on the table, either if they disclose the lie or they get, you know, confronted with the lie can still have some challenges working through what to do. Mm -hmm. However, at some point I would be looking for in that space with the person who has the shame did the trust breach because of this lie, which we have some compassion about why that lie was there, that disclosure wasn't up front, is consistency moving forward. What I call trust building behaviors. What are you doing to repair this trust breach? Mm-hmm. And um, like what you, this is what I'm relating to what you're just saying is like, hey, let, let's look at these patterns and what you're noticing in the moment as we work through this together. Yeah, are we going, this is hard. And mm-hmm. so um, one is, okay, so this was this life in the past because it was so hard to share because I'm so embarrassed and feel shame about it. Now that's on the table, know that, you know, I'd be looking for a partner who's going, okay, I commit to you to not do that again. And through time and demonstration, I will show you that commitment because every moment that I don't do that again is building the trust back up. Mm-hmm. So that attunes to that trust breach aspect of lying due to shame mm-hmm. that's just kind of like you just need time in a sense you just need like someone who's committed with time yeah with the hurt part though that i was sharing earlier 
how does the partner who has shame then react to like, oh, it's on the table now. And do they acknowledge that hurt? Do they take responsibility for that hurt? How do they do that? Now, disclaimer, if someone's confronted with the shame immediately, maybe wasn't planning on that, as in they were kind of caught in it, it would be understandable for someone to have some initial defense. Yeah. Be angry, be scared, mm -hmm. withdraw, run away, attack back briefly, whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like, holy hell, because they're going to be caught in trauma headlights going, yep. uh-oh, this big shameful thing I'm so scared of was just found out. That I was trying to hide yeah. out of shame, right? Yeah. and now I've been forced into this. So yep. I'm not saying how does the person respond to the hurt in the first moment of this exposure. Correct. However, I think it might be appropriate to expect after the initial band-aids ripped off, notice maybe what the next day is like, going like, hey, yeah. This was really hard. And as Tali, you're saying, like, if language comes like, hey, I didn't know how to tell you this. I am really uncomfortable in this. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect some people to just automatically be able to say, I feel shame because A, we're ha most, <laughs> maybe they are in therapy and they actually do are aware of the shame. True. That's actually a good flag. <laughs> Correct. But at the same time, probably not going to be even attuned and be have insight yet that it's shame that's keeping that disclosure from happening. Yeah. So but if there's a genuine intention there that you use, you know, your gauge to understand, oh, my partner is trying to work through this and is so scared to tell me the truth, then you're starting to know the path of like, okay, this this, this flag I'm aware of, but the flag might be coming down to half mast kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. so yeah, how the partner who feels that shame and light, how they yeah. respond over time to the trust and mm -hmm. how they after the, the initial um, shock wears down, how do they attune to the hurt that, not from malice, but from fear, ended up hurting their partner? Mm -hmm. How do they do that? And this is, I think, something timing-wise to be sure to include that gentle startup that we talk about and yeah. that research that shows the 96% of the time how we start a conversation is indicates how it's going to go throughout the whole mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. You have every right, if you're the partner who found out you were lied to, to be yeah. pissed, hurt, angry, this, that, whatever yeah. else. That yeah. does not mean you have to show that to your partner. You process through that, maybe a friend, a therapist, something else, yeah. go through it, right? Yeah. As best you can, not dumping it on your partner, which is, again, totally normal to, to have that happen or to want to do yeah. that. Like, you're valid. And at the same time, if you actually do want to have the forgiveness, the moving forward, or even the conversation, even if you do decide to end it for clarity, coming at it from almost like it didn't happen to you, like you're genuinely curious, like what was going on? What happened? Can you tell me more? Like really taking like an approach if you were genuinely curious about this. Like if you were listening to a podcast or something else, rather than if it happened to you could help you to regulate your emotions while you're navigating your way through the conversation and postponing your own agenda yeah. from like, I can't, but that, but that was this and that was this. It's like, let the person explain the whole thing. Sometimes yeah. your questions get answered within their explanation yeah. and then going through and yeah. asking follow-up questions. And it's, it's, I get told this by my clients all the time. And some friends and dating partners, but they're like, it's so creepy how calm you can stay when you're really pissed. And I'm like, it's <laughs> yeah. a superpower I learned over the years and it leads to more effective results. Even if yeah. I change to not stay in a friendship relationship, what have you, right? It's still helpful to 
really, really walk me through what's going on because, and I'm sure your therapist brain does this as well, after certain interactions with people, the analysis kicks in, right? And sometimes we can help it, but sometimes we can't because that's just how we're trained. Maybe we don't always share it with other people, but it goes through my head at least. It's like, I don't want to have so many unanswered questions that once we have that talk, I'm continually bothered by, oh crap, I should have asked this, oh this, oh that, right? I definitely go through all the upset, but when I'm ready to have that conversation, it's really the calmness that's almost a creepy level of calmness when angry that carries you through to getting those deeper answers. That's when you can make the decision, is this forgivable or is this a red flag? If all it is is arguing and you're both hurt at each other and kind of like jabbing at each other, the depth in which you're going to be able to repair is not that deep. Yes. Um, I think giving that opportunity to repair um, is useful, even, and and as we're saying with the disclaimer that it's not with the assumption that you have to go into it, I want to repair. um, No. It's with knowing that there's value in the, in the process because that process involves a number of relational experiences that can lead to skill building or fulfillment. Yep. You're talking about, hey, going through that process to get some answers in a calm way and in a grounded way can allow you to have insight into yourself. You can have healing from the hurt, even if you choose to be outside of this, if you choose yeah. to end the relationship because of this lie if you choose not to forgive or forgive and, and leave the relationship. So there's a lot of value in yourself as well as it's really wonderful practice relationally, no matter where it goes, there's great practice in learning how to sit with this discomfort that both partners are feeling and sift through that difficulty Mm -hmm. together that could lead to repair. Yep. That could allow you to build, this could be an opportunity to really come closer and learn how to have better um, intimacy and connection through challenges in the future mm-hmm. or well and I should say and given that experience relationship of what to sit through so that in the future with different partners you know hey I, I know how to calmly regulate myself be grounded mm-hmm. manage my distress and have a mature conversation mm-hmm. even if it leads to me choosing not to be in this relationship it's a relational skill to take yeah. with you forever yeah I tell my couples have, and this is obviously with caveats that I will say after, have every discussion as if, even if the relationship ended afterwards, you don't leave unanswered questions. And I'm not saying like we jab and like dig and make it, but like we should be so radically honest, kindly, of course, and this takes a lot of relational practice over the years and months that you are in this kind of like new learning of it. Having that radical honesty and not leaving things on the table, not, not sharing like, oh, if they only knew that if this happens again, I'm going to leave. Like, not not again adding more lies in the conversation without even intending to right like pacing yourself being really forthright then you don't leave anything on the table and it's like nope i actually got it all out there i shared my deepest fears my this my angers my hurts what if this happens again everything like i've laid it out you have a very clear plan like and i i don't do ultimatums personally or professionally i don't recommend them but i give options right you can absolutely continue to do xyz behavior and if that cur- occurs, I will also not be a relationship partner in this relationship. Like yeah. your choice, right? Yeah. It's a very attractive option. Oh, I can't. It's because they're not being told no, right? Yeah. You can absolutely still do this. Uh, and then, then yeah. it puts it on there and it's nothing about me. It's not about me as a person or whoever is as a person. It's not a self-worth or self-esteem question. It's, is that partner ready to show up in the way that you are also showing up for them? Yeah. Yeah. And it's their choice and we can't force people to... Yeah 
forgive. We can't force people to think it's not a red flag when it is. Mm-hmm. We don't get to decide, even you and I, Ryan, don't get to yeah. decide what's a red flag for other people. We have some general ideas, yeah. right? I think there's general agreements and consensus in relationships yeah. that are red flags. Yeah. But there are some couples where I've seen arguably, right, based on our standard of red flags sometimes, mm-hmm. they've had them and they work through them. So mm-hmm. yes, it's forgivable if you want it to be forgivable. And yes, it can also be a red flag and just watch to make sure that it's not happening again. And if you're noticing in that one lie that during that disclosure conversation, nine other lies come out, Mm -hmm. that's probably where I'm going to say it's a red flag. (laughs) Like, is that the only deceptive thing they lied about out of shame? Or is it, oh, I cheated on my last girlfriend. And then they kind of wait to see how that you take it. And I also have an ex-wife and a kid and I cheated on her. And this, (laughs) it's like the flood open. And then you're like, okay, no, like after this conversation, can I still look at you and see the same person, but have more compassion? Or am I like, who are you? (laughs) Like, Well, and that's such a good example of like how, I mean, and all of those disclosures can be shame laden for the person who has 20 issues that each are a red flag. And when you're the person deciding, am I forgiving or is this a red flag? You know, when, when you end up having a collection of flags, then you have to start asking yourself, like, hey, this is a lot of red I'm seeing. Or, and am I comfortable um, yeah. with this? Or, and you hey, can still I be compassionate. these things in therapy. Yeah, like, exactly. These are about me. These are what I'm working on. I know these are my issues, and I'm yeah. working on them. Not as big of a red flag. If you're the first person to tell your partner about them, and they're like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, actually, you have a lot to work on. Yeah. It's good, but yeah. you may end up as a halfway step for them to yeah. be like, oh, maybe I should see a therapist. And they're like, yeah, me and my therapist talked about it. I'm not ready to be in a relationship yet. And you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least you're getting better, right? Like, yeah. Well, that's another thing. Perfect. Yeah. If, if that comes up, there's all these red flags and this person with all this shame hasn't addressed it yet, then, then assuming the hurt it. isn't so strong, which is kind of like a fantasy world, but if you're hurt by that partner who has the shame, you can be someone to go, Hey, I see these. I feel this compassion for your shame and these fears. I think you should get some, you know, you should maybe go to therapy, work on this, but no, there's also another red flag of that of like, okay, well, therapy is effective. So change is going to happen. And that might mean that relationship that you thought was there will change too. And you may not be on board for that, which is okay. And it's honestly better to find that out sooner Mm -hmm. rather than later. You know, as soon as, not that we should be like buying background checks and all this shit to find out lies about our partner, no. of course. Um, but it's also something to be said for having those deeper conversations in the beginning, even from the first date, I ask, yeah. what was your part in your last relationship not working out? Yeah. Straight up, I will ask that. Like, and obviously super fun to date me, but, <laughs> and I've done that for a long time. And I recommend my clients to do that. It leads to really great partnerships. When you think about it, it's like, I want to know the nitty gritty. I don't want to waste time. I don't care what your favorite food is. Like, <laughs> what was your deepest childhood trauma and have you addressed it in therapy? Let's start there. <laughs> well, and for you. you what know, is your therapist's the, name and may I talk the, to them? Yeah. The <laughs> Where's person? your permission slip? <laughs> The person you're going to click with is the one who's like, ooh, great question. Let's talk about it. Let's dive in rather than like, uh, that's too intense. It's probably too intense for most people, but to answer, I think to wrap up this listener's question, yes, it can be a red flag. And yes, at the same time, it can be forgivable. There's a duality in that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And only you, only you get to decide that, but you know yourself best. You know, if it's something, if you do forgive, is it going to fester or is it something you can genuinely 
move forward. Obviously, there are certain things that if the person lies about, I do think it's a huge red flag. It's a, it's a, it can be like a characterological issue, depending on what people lie about versus like, yeah, it, I broke up with her in this month instead of this month three years ago. I don't care about that. But it's like, I was actually not divorced. Bigger, way bigger deal, right? I have a kid. I have a bit like, yeah. take a look at how big the red flag is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that summary, um, noting that the context of shame makes it um, a yes and. You can yes. forgive and it can be a red flag. Correct. And we, in this episode, we highlight the things to be considering and how to wade through yes. that. And at the end of the day, it's it's the partners. I'm going to only add both partners' decision about how to manage this. Yes. Um, but for the partner who's deciding to forgive or just not as a red flag, you get the context cues for your relationship and mm-hmm. you have the power to figure it out and the choice. Rock on. Yep. Well, that'll do it for this wonderful topic, episode 36. Um, As always, thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to um, write in some questions and uh, just like this episode, get them answered by me and Talia, shoot us an email, ryanandtalia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. And we'll respond to you. And you can also DM us on Instagram at thecouplesguidepodcast, or you can DM either Ryan or I, my therapy with Talia page. Has some great memes too if you want to check them out. But you can get me at, at Therapy with Talia and Ryan's is at Ryan Hill Therapy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Take good care.